What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 55 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Looking damn fine in that shirt. Oh, Look at my, my little my smirk let face. Toast, Tim host. Let toast. Let toast. Let toast Tim what, shirt. What are you doing? I'm just use this rag and wipe my phone down with the water. I just poured it on the table, if that's all right with you. It's okay. It's just a, it's a weird move even for you Is all that a of a microfiber yeah. cloth mm-hmm. that you wet? Mm-hmm. You're a weird person, Colin. This is what gave it away? This is it. This moment right here. I mean, because I would never think you would do this because you're so sensitive about your microfiber cloths. Why wouldn't I, why don't I open water? I, I don't know. Water's not gonna do I don't know. You're weird. You don't know where that water's been. This fucking smart water. Is it smart water? Or did you refill that? Refill oh, that he's like been refilling. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a no, classic, because, because, classic call and move. Well, because, uh, you know, I usually refill like the Arrowhead bottles, which are fine. But when you go to the airport, I've been in, I've been on an airplane 14 times in five weeks. It's true. 14 times. Um, I get the I get the fine water bottles, the smart water bottles. I love Napa smart Farms. Water, or Napa Farms. Mm-hmm. And these bottles have a lot of size to them and they're quality bottles, man. So I can use they the bottle. They got the little fishy? You got the fishy in there? No, you got some other shit. It's a monkey. Why the fuck's there a monkey in the water? Monkey's Collect drowned. them all. Monkey's drowning. Monkey think, monkey do is what it says. He's a monkey and he's drowning slowly. Drowning? <laughs> oh, drowning. Yeah. Enough, I hate Arrowhead. Really? I hate Arrowhead with a fucking passion. It's all just bottled water. No, not Arrowhead. Except Fiji. Fiji's the shit. I don't like Fiji Fuck either. You. But Arrowhead you no is the real nasty, nasty shit. I just can't even handle it. Smart Water is good. Dasani's Smart good. good. Dasani's good. Yeah. All the Safeway Dasani. and whatever brands, those are great. Dasani, those are Dasani, it's McDonald's water. Yeah, it, like it. It, it has a little the Coke water. when you open it. I don't yeah, like it's that. that. Good, no. good. No, I love Dasani. Yeah, it is Coke water. But yeah, Arrowhead sucks. I I don't like you. I want I want Poland Springs, but we can't get that here. Poland Springs. The fuck's happening? Things are falling over there. 101 Dalmatians vinyl. <laughs> this house is a fucking disaster. <laughs> it just like fell out of a hole in the wall. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the goat comes out. <laughs> this is the kind of funny games cast where every week we talk about video games and bottled water. I hope you enjoy all of that. If you do, you should go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can get this beautiful show early for all you big, beautiful kids out there. If you don't want to do that, you could just go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Subscribe there. Or go to iTunes.com slash kind of funny. Subscribe there. And things will just be given to you for free. Like you're a poor person. How does that make you feel? Damn, I'm a Tim's, poor person too. Tim's, yeah, you are a poor I'm person. I'm telling you right now, this one's not worth the dollar. No, I'm Tim. taking it back. Yeah. What are you talking about? See, I'm this is what I'm talking mean, about. Being mean, you know, you got, this, poor. you got this five o'clock shadow, and I said I it was like your I'm evil back. Tim, and your yeah. evil Tim. This I, is evil Tim I mode. I saw myself in the mirror last night, and I was like, holy shit, that's a lie. It was a selfie. But... I saw myself in my selfie, and I was like, oh, this is the Tim I know and love. Like, I'm back. You're not back, though. You're in the weird evil there. period. No, well, period. it's getting... You've no, never been not, this mean to people. This has been my... Like, this was my modus operandi. Is that how you say that? What the fuck is falling? Kevin, more, the, Superman more, 3 vinyl. More, the vinyls we were given a long, long time ago. So much shit's falling. I didn't even know that hole was there. It's not a hole. They were just leaning Don't behind you the when TV. you find new holes? Anyways, we're talking about this video is, games. See what I'm talking about? This is Tim on another level. Yeah. This in-between beard Tim. Yeah. I like it. Leave your comments down below on what you think about evil Tim. We're talking about the Nintendo NX. Throw X it gonna give it to you. So there's been a lot of rumors lately. And Colin, you brought this to my attention that we haven't talked about it formally. Mm-hmm. I feel like we talk about NX so much. I was saying, oh, we should hold off on it. But then I thought about it. I'm like, it's actually been quite a while. 
since we really kind of delved deep into. Yeah, well, there are new significant new rumors. And there's a bunch of shit. I actually I looked at a couple articles and I'm going to read them to you guys. And Thank then we'll you. Discuss them. story time, everybody. If you guys are familiar with Colin and Greg live, I'm going to do my best Colin impression. That's not true. I'm just going to read. That's good. Read That's aloud like impression. anyone else. Reads. All right. Alex Osborne over at IGN says. A pair of Nintendo NX-related reports have surfaced, offering a handful of potential clues as to what the company has planned for its next console. According to a post on Twitter by the Wall Street Journal reporter Takashi Something, Nintendo's next console may work with other devices, including PCs, smartphones, and most interestingly, other consoles like PlayStation 4. Hells to the yeah! Yeah, and if you look at the document, it actually also says Xbox One, but that's okay. Additionally, an apparent survey from GFK, a client of Nintendo, has serviced online by way of Twitter user Liam Robertson, providing new details about Nintendo NX. In addition to mentioning connectivity between a handheld and console unit, the survey also highlights an achievement-based system, 4K slash 60fps video streaming, and, quote, gameplay graphics that run in 900p at 60fps. According to the rest of the survey provided by Twitter user Emily Rogers, Nintendo's console may have a free online service as well as a subscription option that includes more features for a yearly slash monthly fee. Backwards compatibility is also mentioned as the survey gauges interest in the ability to rent or purchase old games digitally, as well as support for previously owned digital and physical media. The second part of the survey also mentions a subscription-based game service that offers access to a library of over 150 titles that are changed regularly with new games added to the catalog 6 to 18 months after their release. The remainder of the survey compares various price options, hard drive configurations, and more across an array of different game platforms, including NX, Xbox One, PS4, and other stuff. And other stuff. Yeah. There was also rumors uh, people were talking about um, there being a, an event before E3 that kind of announces Which the, is, the I system 100% agree with. and like blows that out. And then E3 is the real like, sure. you know, let's look at the games. And then uh, there's also rumors, not rumors. There was uh, interviews where people were talking about Metroid Prime. And they're like, is Metroid Prime going to come to Wii U? Because there was going to be a big Wii U game announced. Not big, but a core Wii U game announced. People like, is it finally going to be Metroid? And they're like, nah, if a Metroid Prime was to be made, it would take three to four years to be made and it would be for the NX. Because so, as Reggie we said, that. we know what you want. Mm-hmm. We know what you want. We that know what Metroid kind of Metroid Prime. game you want. Mm. We're not ready to give it to you yet, but mm. X will give it to you. He didn't say that part. Mm. But he was thinking it, though. Yeah, They're waiting for it. E3 for that. Yeah. They'll do the little event first, Earth's and then at E3, you, DMX is going to come out. DMX, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's <laughs> on the Nintendo Direct. <laughs> so what do you guys think about this? I, th- I, I, There's so much of it I want to believe, so much of it I don't believe in all these different things. It's a survey. Surveys all the time are red herrings, this, that, and the other. I don't. It's. It was interesting to see how far these rumors made it based on just a survey. You know what I mean? Uh, we didn't talk about it. There was a rumor going around of possibly having the handheld version of or the handheld component of the NX out this fall, and then the console component out next year sometime, which would be so stupid. And you hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I hope it does. Just going to be funny. No, that they would actually no. do that. But I want them to succeed, so yeah, I hope you don't want that exactly. Calling. We're Team NX here. The connectivity between the PC makes sense. You know what I mean? We've seen that before with the consoles communicating with PCs and doing that the other. The console to console connection is interesting. I don't know what the hell that would be. If it's just reading, I don't even know. You know what I mean? Because it's not like you're linking them up. Like, you know, Windows makes it so easy to link up all these different devices and see other computers on this network and da da da. If it's something like that, but I don't know what you're using it for then. Or yeah, I mean, that, that's the part that makes the least sense to me because I just don't I can't even wrap my head around what that could mean because right now yeah you can you know 
look up Nintendo account stuff on your PS4? Does that count? Like, where where's the line drawn of connectivity and what that yeah. actually means? Um, and I think what would be insane is if this Nintendo service was available on other systems. Yeah. And that is kind of what they're semi-hinting at here. But again, it is just a survey, so who knows what that means. That would be a huge success for Nintendo, you know, to be able to have the NX service on these real consoles. Hell yeah, that'd be amazing. But I, I mean, I don't know. Like that's That would make NX succeed enough for me to make NX I Love You, XOXO, a weekly podcast. That'd be amazing where I get to talk about Nintendo That'd be stuff. awesome if you did just call yeah, it then. It would be great. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Colin? Like, what do you think the connectivity between the, the things could be? I don't know. When I saw when I saw that, I I, I agree that you know this is weird uh, based on you know it's not all it's first of all it's not all based on survey information. There are people that are that are very trusted. Emily Rogers, for instance, is a super trusted Nintendo source. So like people that are talking about this are talking about it from I think a place of a little bit more. Um, Insider. I don't want to say like insider information necessarily. Like, it, it's similar to how like Greg and I know a lot of things are true that we can't talk about, but sometimes we talk like more confidently about the, the things that could happen because we know they're true. So like I, I wonder if um, if there's something to that when someone from Wall Street Journal um, is talking about his connections, uh, telling him this, this, and the other thing, and then there's the survey, and then Emily Rogers, who you said Emily Rogers was one of the people you brought yep. up, right? Um, who has broken many things about Nintendo in the past. Um, so I I just wonder like how far some of these these rumors actually go. To me, when I first heard the PS4 thing, I'm like, that's really brilliant. It's basically like middleware almost between. Um, like uh, the eShop and like these platforms and maybe even PlayStation and Microsoft announced that they'll run this sort of Nintendo It'll be program. An It'll be an app you can but get. But I don't think that's what it is. I, I think I think at the very least what it probably is is something like what Rocket League does, which is talks to PC and PS4 at the same time. And I'm wondering if like they just have all this information saying like we're, we're not going to close the console off to communicating with other consoles, but you still have to play the NX itself to play NX games or whatever because um, mm. I just don't see that they're going to... Because if what if what they're saying is true, then it's basically just them just going third party. And what the hell is NX at all? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's basically just like EA Access or something like that, where you have like this this subscription model. So I just uh, I'm I was excited to see more information about NX, but then I was disappointed because I'm like this just makes it even more convoluted. Like the, the, the waters are even muddy. Like like I just don't I just don't know like what all this means. But I do think that some of it, or maybe even all of it, is true in some sense. We just don't know like to the degree of like how true it is because you can say like uh, EA has a subscription thing on Xbox One. The NX could just be a similar thing again, um, having that on its own console, mm-hmm. and maybe it has a game like Rocket League that will just talk to the other consoles too. Yeah. Um, instead of really closing themselves off, because Nintendo obviously always has this very closed off ecosystem. So I think that like we could either be reading way too much into it, or we might not be reading enough into it. Yeah. Um, well, something that I think is interesting is the fact that they say that new games will be added to the catalog six to eighteen months after their release. So a, a possible option would be that. The old games, the Mario original trilogy on NES and like Super Nintendo games and N64 games, whatever, those could be subscription service playable to everybody. But the point of having the NX is kind of like our Patreon model, where if you want it early, if you want to play the new game when it comes out, you need the NX. But if you wait... 18 months or whatever, then you can get another. Yeah, places. that idea is like suicidal, though. I hope I hope that that's that's not what it is, because if it's the, it's the Tomb Raider effect, right? Like Tomb Raider didn't really seem to push any Xbox ones and it didn't sell very well because people are excited to play it. But the reason Square and Microsoft wanted to keep it quiet that it was coming to PS4 is because like no one like if you just have to wait a year to play Tomb Raider and you have all these other games to, to keep you distracted, are you going to need the hardware at all? So if Mario Galaxy 3 comes out or whatever and, and it's and it's on NX and you have to wait a year to play it on PS4 through some sort of subscription service, how many people are just going to be like, all right, well, I'll See, wait. I think the easier way to go would be that the NX is, we're talking about this app, right, let's say, that gets mm-hmm. on Xbox One, PS4, or whatever, would be everything 
backwards, right? Where, yeah, you're getting windowed content. Maybe it's even like PlayStation Plus in a way, right? Where it's like, let's say you have the NX and you there's this so there's the nx console in this i'm just gonna call it the nx app right Mm -hmm. the nx app could give you on playstation and xbox a random selection that you're subscribed to and so for like three months right all these nintendo games are on there but then at the three month mark they go away unless you're playing on nx right i'm talking about old stuff classic Mm -hmm. games snes well that's kind of what it said here it said that they're gonna cycle through the games and stuff but what i'm saying is that's only old stuff Mm -hmm. like you're not gonna see metroid prime nx console game ever over here on any part of this well so what that's the thing when it says with new games added to the catalog six to 18 months after their release implies that it is new games like i I don't Mm -hmm. think that means new old games because because that says uh, 150 titles that are changed regularly with new games added to the catalog six to 18 months after. But that's the, I mean, I read that. I think as you can get it as regular, the catalog. meaning weekly, monthly, it'd be, it's changed out. And then the new games are added way okay. later, you know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is, this is, it's exciting because if it is what it sounds like it could be, then this is Nintendo. This is a truly, this is a truly radically different Nintendo. But you have to, but if it is what it seems like it's going to be, then why are they making hardware at all? So it's, it's, um, I still think that they're they're like they're talking about like the games running in 900p like the game this is the system is that weak that, so, that's like the one thing that's the one thing that that and I have no I'm not one of these resolution people I don't like, I don't give a fuck like it, it's fine I don't care it, it can look like an NES game is it fun mm-hmm. that's really all that matters um, but when I heard that I'm like Jesus like my my conjecture although kind of radical considering Nintendo's consoles have always been kind of weak um, compared to some of their contemporaries for the most part um, I thought that they would be smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, than doing something like that because this sounds like a system that's actually quite weak. We talked about this on Colin and Greg Live, but and that was a sticking point for me too. But the thing to keep in mind is that it, this being a survey, that's such a random number, 900p at 60 FPS. There's no way that that's just the standard, that everything is going to be 60 frames per second and 900 FPS. You look at Wii U and so many games are 900 FPS now or 900p uh, and then there is ones that are 1080p. Some are 60, some are 30, whatever. So it's like it's weird that they even call that out, especially when they call out video at 4 4K 60 FPS video streaming like that just means like not everything's going to be that. Yeah, know? it just seems like that might be the standard. I mean, that that was the huge problem with Xbox One, which is that it was it seemed like it was having a hard time running games at 60 frames at 1080p. So um, you have to scale back the resolution to get the games running at a solid frame rate. Nintendo might just be trying to hit a benchmark mm-hmm. um, for all the games. But I don't really know because that shit I just don't even care because that's like not that that's not important to me. It just tells me that. Why Why would they say that if that wasn't going to be some sort of important Yeah, I mean, it, it is weird, and it's also weird that they call it gameplay graphics that run at 900p. Like it's That whole sentence to me reads as like, there's something that we don't understand about that, because that's weird. There's no reason that 900p would be like, uh, well, we couldn't make it 1080, so we're just going to... 900 that's what we're just gonna say unless they just they're owning that they're like we're not getting 1080 and it's gonna be like the xbox thing but xbox kind of made it sound like it was so there was always those shifty things but at least if nintendo comes out it's just like it is what it is that's what you're getting there's just a lot of questions beyond just the the technical ramifications of what they're doing in terms of if if there is a subscription service and it does run on these consoles which remains to be seen if that's what they really mean i I, I just don't know if that's what they really mean it can't be um if if that if that's the case it doesn't make it just doesn't make sense yeah it doesn't and 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 so i want to be clear about that that i don't know if that's not that that's the the, that's the part that's most dubious but if that's the case and like what is the what is the play um to like are there achievements and trophies on these games how much does it cost? Well, they said this is an achievement system. That I know, and endemic to Nintendo. But if they're going to put something on mm. PS4, then their mm. achievement system is not going to work. And and I'm sure I'm and Sony's not going to like you know let 
Mario Galaxy be played and you're going to earn Nintendo achievements, but not trophies like that's just they even did that to their PS2 games to like unify everything. It, it, there's just a lot of weird questions, which is why I think that that's not what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd love to be at Nintendo right now watching them react to these rumors. You know, the stuff leaks. No, and it's yeah. just like, why did you put out this survey? Why would you say that? Why would you phrase it this way? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're partners. Like, mm. Yeah, but I mean, if if... The other exciting thing is that if it is what they mean and they are going to have some sort of Nintendo subscription service that just plays old games on the other consoles, which I think would be shrewd, be but awesome. maybe, maybe maybe shrewd, but maybe not, depending on the reality of how long people want to wait and what games are on this on, on their subscription service. Then you have to wonder, like, what kind of conversations they had with the platform holders, because the, if that's the case, and this is just a radically different Nintendo with a radically different idea. And it's a Nintendo that's swallowing its pride, mm-hmm. um, which I think they should have done by just announcing that they're not doing hardware at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but or at least a handheld, maybe, but not not a console. Yeah, um, it's what this sounds like to me is you can't judge it based on the rumors because we just don't know what it is. We don't know what's true and what's not. But what this sounds like compared to the rumors about Project Cafe, for instance, or um, uh, Revolution or Dolphin is, you know, I remember hearing about Dolphin and Revolution and, and you know, Waggle and all this kind of stuff. It was kind of easy to wrap your head around. This sounds convoluted as hell. Mm-hmm. And if these rumors are true, man, like they're they need to simplify. And it sounds like they're not simplifying. Like to Greg's point, the the idea or the rumor and it's just conjecture but the rumor that they're going to release the handheld component first and the, the console later is like one of the if they fucking do that that yeah, is the stupidest that is stupid just wait you know just don't release anything yeah. until it's all ready and I, I I still don't believe it's coming out this year like any of it but because um, it just seems so sudden all the rumors point to it though I mean that's it, the thing like looking through a bunch of different sources all all the analysts all the like rumors stuff it all leads to this year it's it just seems sudden I'll tell you why because um it, so PS4, for instance, was revealed in February of 2013 and it came out in November. So there there was a 10 month gap or so, nine month gap even. But Orbis was rumored for a long time before that. And we had specifics about Orbis. And you'll remember that I was one of the people that broke the the, the story of of the controller, uh, you know, through our sources, or whatever, and the light bar and all that kind of stuff. When I was at IGN, that story leaked and I was the, and no one thought it was real. And then I was the one that talked to you know some people and figured out that it was. Um, so we had like some in other words, if this thing's coming out then everyone has it you know and no one's saying anything about it like it's easy to get out of ubisoft like the assassin's creed game that's coming out in two years but no one's talking about this hardware that they have this i just i i do believe that people abide by their their ndas i mean obviously everyone does i mean people like ps4s and xbox ones as well but people did leak a lot of information about that kind of stuff and so i just wonder how proliferated the console really is and if it's really gonna be ready to go in the fall and i would rather nintendo just take their time mm-hmm. and do it right and burn a little bit of cash than just try to rush to market something that already seems like it's going to have a significant uphill battle against its competition anyway mm-hmm. so i don't know we'll see what happens it's it's super exciting yeah. um because we're not going to get hardware from microsoft or playstation for you know quite a while uh, quite yeah. a while I would With say 2019 or 2020 so it's cool to have like an interstitial console but i will say that these consoles that come out Yep. In the middle of cycles, the Dreamcast, uh, uh, the, you know, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I'm definitely hoping what's crazy to me is the fact that we're getting hardware and this is something different. Like the fact that it is a handheld console hybrid. What the hell does that even mean? Like we've wrapped our head around. Oh, that's what it's going to be. And, and all that stuff. But I still can't fathom what that looks like in an actual real you know, scenario where these games are coming out and stuff. Maybe the hardware is something where it is uh, the NX app is the whole crux of the entire thing. And maybe there's no discs at all. And maybe it is totally a, yeah, you're playing on PlayStation or Xbox or PC or whatever it is. But then the, you figure the thing would be like, 
and it's this is just in the weeds, totally crazy, it won't happen. But like the what would make you buy the NX, right? If you're already playing the NX games or app or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, right? And why is it nine hundred and not this? Maybe it, it the the hook and why we're talking about you know this handheld versus then the console coming later is the fact that the hook is the handheld right that you buy this machine and it's got the app dialed in if you have Wi-Fi and you can play all your Nintendo games there and there's going to be a, a console component that's basically the receiver that puts it onto your TV at some point yeah if you don't want to wait you know if you right now you could buy this and have this portable device that goes anywhere with you mm-hmm. or you can play you know a selection of the games with these limitations on your Xbox on your uh, PlayStation to see if you like it or don't care and then you get hooked into buying the thing and then the console comes out and you are playing it that mm-hmm. way off onto your big screen tv yeah and that'd be why the resolution's dialed down right i don't think uh, the yeah and so gonna... that, that's what i'm saying like that makes more sense to me in terms of like having the hybrid console thing of like just the system not being what we typically think of as a hardware console yeah thing it's it's going to be something different and new um or it's not or it is just going to be the wii u again and then oh but instead of the gamepad being tethered you can bring it other places like that would then be the only difference and maybe there's apps and stuff places and you know, so it's you're right. Like they need to like make a big change and a big move to be able to actually do anything differently or else it's just going to be the same weird experimental mistakes over and over. Yeah. If the reliance is on other hardware, then I think they're making the right play. And if the reliance is on the other hardware, the most fascinating part about it is that Microsoft and Sony already know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's even more interesting. And it, what's even more interesting, even though it's the rumor says all the consoles, is that they just chose one of them. Now, like if, if I were if I were them, that's exactly what I would have done. And I would have went with Microsoft um, if I were them simply because of the bad blood between them and Sony going back many years. Um, so it's it's although that's perceived. Who, don't, who knows? If they even yeah, right. Yeah. How many people are still in the so organization? Because Nintendo purchases. really did fuck Sony. Um, and then Sony really did fuck Nintendo. So um, with their own device. Basically. Everybody's fucking. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting to think about the strategy behind NX in terms of um they Nintendo and I've said this before and I know it bothers some people but Nintendo's audience is shrinking it's demonstrable it's obvious and like the play has to be more than just another Nintendo console or it will fail so um because it wasn't Wii U was not enough it was not enough to get anyone to care about it and some people cared it, it, it ha- but you know what he means you know yeah, it's yeah, for yeah, it to be yeah. successful and financially viable we sold 103 million units or something like that the, and the Wii U will be lucky to hit 12 million how there's many, something. How many there's did something significant. Twenty four. There's something significantly wrong with that situation. GameCube was considered. I loved GameCube, except for the NES. It might be my favorite Nintendo console, and that was considered a miserable failure. And it sold twice as many, more than twice as many units as the Wii U. So they're trailing and tracking in the wrong direction. And the same thing's happening with 3DS. It's not as pronounced, but it's actually like a, a you know DS, DS Lite, DSi, 150, 152 million units. DS, 3DS, 50 million mm-hmm. or so. So it's it's. They need to figure out how to make a big splash. And honestly, it seems like the strategy should have been and might be to just go with the other guys in some way that still lets you have this like proprietary Nintendo feel where you have to boot up this thing that's Nintendo, but it's on PS4 and it's on Xbox One. And these companies are so excited about the fact that they're going to get Nintendo games on the console. So yeah. just let them do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Um, and enable trophies and enable achievements and have Xbox Live and PSN functionality and all that kind of stuff. That's what I get most excited about. But it's just that's just too good to be true because yeah. this is I mean, Nintendo, right. and they don't and they don't make choices like that. But it is a new Nintendo and a different mm-hmm. Nintendo. A lot of really set in motion, a different kind of feel with the mobile games and DNA and all these kinds of things. So I yeah. just want to see how this all shakes out. Like the more conjecture there is, the more frustrating it becomes. As the thing to think about in the way we talk about it, right? Like, let's say. The handheld console thing—that's real. What we're talking about is real, and that's the that's the hook to it, right? The app, 
is it going to be on this? You get to play them that way. Great. But you can buy our, our this thing that's a handheld and will one day be a console, right? If that's the case, then theoretically, you don't have Nintendo's going to become their own developer, own publisher, like onto other platforms, right? So that hardware doesn't necessarily have to be out in the wild in that many spots. Is Ubisoft really making a thing for the NX to get their game on? No, like, you know what I mean? This would be Nintendo's device to play Nintendo games or to play Nintendo games on their app, at which point the handheld slash console is mm. locked behind closed doors in Tokyo, and nobody is yeah. going to talk about it or do anything until it comes out, because you don't need to get it in the hands of developers. Yeah. If NX is a, a console or a hybrid of some sort, which it probably is, and there's no meaningful new game functionality on the other consoles, and it's for Nintendo games only, the thing's going to fail. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying that right now, no one's, like, it's going to fail. It's going to be even worse than the Wii U. So like they 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 can't do that, they they just can't create a system to play just Nintendo games. They just did that, and it did not sell. Nothing on that console resonated with a large group of people. The, a lot of those games sold one, two, three, four million copies. A game like Mario Kart seems to have like a one, a two to one uh, um, attach, rate. attach rate, which is huge. But predictably, it didn't really move units. Splatoon didn't really move units. Smash didn't really move units. It it it's. The Nintendo fans are buying the Nintendo console and there are fewer and fewer of them as you go along. So they need to figure out. I hope that's not true because they might as well not even bother if that if that's the case. But I mean, if they do that, then they get that those millions plus all of the other shit from the other things. Then all of a sudden, like maybe that's worth it. You know, like just getting old Nintendo games. You figure on it's PlayStation Trojan and, horse in a way, right? Nintendo makes Super Mario X or whatever, right? For NX and it's awesome. You're playing on your PS4 and you're having a great time. You're like man, this is cool, and I'd love to play this on the road or that on the road, and da-da-da, and, like, that's... Because that's the other thing, is, like, the NX hardware, let's say they're selling it by itself to begin with, and it's super cheap. It's hundred. It's ninety nine ninety nine, right, to have this controller device that is Wi-Fi enabled mm. and uses the app, and da-da-da-da. You put in not... You know, you put in memory cards, but not, like, proprietary memory cards. You're putting in, you know, regular memory stores, like SD cards that we're yeah. using. I mean, that's all too good to be true, sure, I, no. but I hope, I hope, and the, the only reason I, I even allow myself to go down that that tunnel of believing is that when these when the NX was first announced, it was like Wii U, 3DS, and there was those like circles and all this stuff. And then NX was like a weird other thing. So it's like it's clearly going to be different. It's not just a console and it's not just a handheld and it might not even be even just a hybrid. Like it's something new and something different and it probably has to do with the cloud and all of this shit. So I don't know. I hope my most uh, the thing I'm looking forward to most is E3. And seeing what they do there. But and, now here's the, the question. Do you think that. there's going to still... So what about the event? Is there going to be an event, you think? Because that, that's what we've been yeah. predicting. And we are getting close to where that would yeah, have yeah, to yeah. be. PlayStation's event was in February. Xbox's was May. March, May. Okay, I remember it was, I think it was in May or April, maybe. It was, it, was, it was a couple months after. I hope that they don't say anything until E3. They just say we're back at E3. We'll see at the conference. Yeah. I, I don't agree with the, the need to... to, to to show it and then let people marinate on it. It can't be that revolutionary. The, the, like you just show just go to E3 and just show everyone we mm-hmm. have. I think that'd be way more exciting and way cooler and like way more, uh, just make a bigger splash. If everyone goes in and they really keep their mouths shut and no one knows what the hell's happening, I think that's fucking awesome at E3 as opposed to like, well, we know what NX is. Now we see the games like, eh. yeah. yeah, we, I think I have a pretty good idea what your games are. That's not what's as exciting Bomber as, man. as <laughs> it's not, it's not what is as exciting as the initiative behind mm-hmm what they're doing and if we go in and we don't even know what the fuck the console is and is it a hybrid is it a console is it a handheld is it a service like when you have no you just have a bunch of questions and nothing leaks that's more exciting let's transition over to topic two e3 how e3 is changing 
This is sparked by an article by Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. Electronic Arts is essentially skipping E3 this year, pulling out of the trade show in favor of their own events in Los Angeles and London that will be open to the public. Rather than hosting an E3 press conference and putting up a big flashy booth for trade show attendees, the publisher will hold an event called EA Play that will run from June 12th to June 14th at Club Nokia in Los Angeles, which is like a block away from E3. Yeah, it's right across the street there. And they also plan to hold a one-day event on June 12th at the Mermaid Event Center in London, which sounds awesome. I don't know where that is. It's underwater. Anyway, anyone who wants to attend either event can sign up for more information on the website. EA still plans to hold a press conference, they say, and it's likely we'll see news and trailers for much-hyped games like Mass Effect Andromeda and the visceral-developed Star Wars, but instead of the traditional spot on Monday afternoon, they're going to hold the press conference on Sunday at EA Play. Blah, blah, blah. They say a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, What do you guys think about this? fascinating you know what i mean like we talk about all the time over in publisher hall when you walk in there it's ea is like the biggest one and it mm-hmm. takes up all this space and there's usually a break in the middle of it like because it's that big there's so much happening there so that's gonna be a huge hole to fill over there and then you start wondering it's like well and i'm can I'm, the question is well can they fill it of course they can but like are they going to stretch themselves thin who all do they let in how do they do that you know what i mean and what does this mean in turn are they like the canary in the coal mine of these big companies waking yeah. up to the fact of like, we really don't need E3. We should go make our own event. We should have a Bethesda kind of thing. I mean, I personally, I think this is the best call they could have made. Like owning your own event is, is the best thing to do. Having fans in the room reacting to the press conference yeah. stuff. That's way more important than having, you know, us there. They'll be there. You know? We'll be there. Like, people will be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The people that want to be there will be there, but it's, it's way more important than just having people that are just there to just critique and just whatever. Like you want the, the excitement you want right. the, the video clips of people being excited about your products because then the journalists and stuff will just watch that and they'll sure. see that um and also the moms and stuff or whoever the hell the the target audience is to get well, you say they're still gonna write about it and they'll get out before they'll be in the paper before getting buried by what because it's always been the thing right it's like all right it's press conference day it's ubisoft it's ea mm-hmm. it's microsoft it's sony and like right like we're excited for microsoft and sony and the rest it's all like oh that's cool what are you going to do? But whatever, like you're, you're, you're buried on Tuesday's newspaper. Sure. Whereas Monday morning you get, to, I mean, cause let's face it. I think that uh, Sunday night they come out, they're going to do this whole thing and they're going to fucking come out and they're going to be like, this is fucking mass effect. The drama. It's out this fall. It's a yeah. very, it's very much the similar to, but that's the last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Sunday, who knows who else is going to be there this year? Like if anyone else is going to move, move to that. Oh, but sure. I just think that, this is very similar to the Nintendo thing. I mean, you disagree about the directs, but like, I don't think Nintendo needs to be at E3 to still be at E3 in the eyes of millions. Like, that's exactly what they're doing. They're actually going to be right there, but they don't need to actually be inside the building to be part of E3 and be part of that buzz and be part of the announcements. And a press conference is a fucking press conference, no matter what way you you spin it. Even if it's a Nintendo Direct, it's still a fucking press conference. All the shit is the same. So it's just information being given and. I think that they're making a great move. And in terms of the the space on the floor, I mean, that room is EA and Activision just yeah. taking over the whole thing in the same way that the other room is uh, Sony or PlayStation and Xbox, Xbox. just taking over everything. I Nintendo think, actually usually is a bit. Oh, and, and Nintendo's big ass one. Yeah. Um, you take out uh, EA. It's still super crowded over there. Like yeah. Activision's booth's just going to be even more of a distraction than previous years, I think. Yeah, I think that... Um I thought about this a little bit since it, since we talked about Conor McGregor live today. One thing I forgot about and you know candidly say is that like EA's press conferences are typically pretty bad. 
Um, so like no, nothing of real value has been lost by them not being at E3. Like they, they show Andromeda and all these kinds of things, but they also show I like I remember last year's conference. It's fucking awful. Is that what is last year's Pele when they brought yeah. out Pele? Yeah, it was, it was, Pele it was terrible. It, like, and they were like, let's talk about, they came out and literally said, let's talk about mobile games. And everyone was like, are you, mm. oh, I, like the, 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 we were with GameSpot in the, in their war room and the, the audible moan, like, like, oh, like, the, like this company is just so corporate in so many ways. Like we don't, I just don't find their, their, I don't find many of their properties that exciting. So I just don't find their press conference is that exciting unless they show like a new dead space and they'll obviously show mass effect which is exciting but like i don't i like madden and fifa is very popular and all that kind of stuff but i don't need to see this shit and and all that so and battlefront and all that kind of stuff so i from like a, a gamer's perspective from from my own personal taste perspective i don't really care that they're not going to be there but i do think it says a lot about the way they look at e, e3 um and I think it says a lot about, you know, candidly about the waning influence of mainstream games press that um, attend E3. EA made a calculation that it's more important for them to, you know, the big thing about this is they're letting in anyone. So E3 is still like this trade show that's easy enough to like get in if you want. And apparently I've, I've always been there with with big outlets, but apparently you like can have a blog or you got a blog. Yeah, you got a YouTube channel. Um, but like they like their calculation is like they would rather just have their own thing deal directly with gamers and, and more people at tastemakers uh, word of mouth buzz and then just have know that the press is going to have to cover their games anyway than just go to E3 and isolate themselves from that group of people because mm-hmm. I just think that they realize that with the rise of YouTube and the rise of Twitch and the rise of social media with like just people with just a few thousand Twitter followers can have great influence over the, the purchasing uh decisions of hundreds of people that trust them yeah i mean um, th- and really that's it it's having a thousand or three thousand people in a room that are all going to tweet whatever hashtag you tell them to tweet is more important for you than 10 people tweeting about it and probably making some snarky joke oh yeah yeah. Snarky joke. yeah so i i do think like i think that this says a great deal about the direction that the industry is going in as much as it says about ea's own calculations and ea's own roster of games like i think that there's much to be read into this um because I did not expect it. You did not. EA, in fact, I was telling Greg was like the last company I would expect to let go of E3. So if like they're willing to do it, what is Ubisoft going to do? And like next year, in Activision and all these companies, do they need to be there anymore? And like once everyone starts pulling out, does E3 even exist anymore? Um, is E3 even as important as it was? Because it definitely was on the wane for a while, and then it came back. I mean, it seemed like it was becoming stronger again. And um, I personally have been to many E3s, and I think this will be my tenth this year. And I. I don't like going and i don't think it's that fun or that interesting it's more fun to just read about things and watch videos from home than it is to be there um and with the proliferation of social media and getting videos out there and just live streaming and going on twitch and just doing whatever you want nintendo direct type stuff but other companies can do that um i think that like the whole nature of these trade shows is going to change at least for trade shows that are that are sealed off from mass audiences games conferences is going to be fine and probably will grow because mm-hmm. anyone can go but e3 either has to change the way it approaches games or hope that ea is like is like not the canary in the coal mine but just mm-hmm. a one-off kind of you know someone t- anomaly something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean nintendo even i think that they kind of started a nice trend with uh, nintendo world championships last year of all right e3 is happening and normal people can't get in but normal people could go to the same place that ea is doing their thing now and wait in line and get in and yeah. see something and be part of this event and get announcements i mean the the Nintendo World Championship was essentially like a mini press conference for Nintendo before their direct where they made announcements and they showed off Mario Maker and made it look fucking awesome. Yeah. Like that sold Mario Maker so much because before it was just like, all right, that look, that's fine. That's cool. They're doing it. But that was like, oh, this that's what you can do with this game. And I hope that more people do it because E3 to me, I don't give a shit if it's in one building or 10 as long as 
there's a week where everyone is trying to one up each other right. and battle and have that. And more and more people are going to start to back out to do their own things. But I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Like we've seen it with Sony. How many goddamn press conferences did they have last year? Like with PSX and um, they backed out of they Gamescom, Gamescom. They didn't go hard they, at. They, they went to Paris, Paris Games, Games Week. week. Like, yeah, yeah. It's things have changed. The press conference game has totally There's changed. There's a million for conferences all the time. And how do you cover them all? Where do you put your stuff? Convention yeah. season is from January to December now. Yeah, so yeah. with all of that stuff, I think that E3, E3 is never not going to be an idea. But I don't think it necessarily needs to be. Housed under one roof all the time. Exactly. Every game there. Yeah. 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 So I'm excited about this. No, it's in, it's just fascinating. Like how much oxygen is there? You know what I mean? Like how 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 many people can get out in front of the uh, the giant behemoth that is these conferences from Sony, Microsoft, and the Nintendo Direct, right? To get out and have their message be heard and not be drowned out and not have it be that oh man, Aisha Tyler's not being funny right now. Like not have that be the messaging, right? The mm-hmm. messaging be what we thought with saw with Bethesda, which was like. Here's this conference, and we were excited about everything you said. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that's what EA's driving at. That's what they're shooting for. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, yeah. that is exciting. Will EA actually make a good press conference with this? Because last year, like, I can't remember a, a great EA. That's press the thing conference. is, I don't, and that's the whole thing is, I don't think it to be fair to them. I don't think it's. It, can they make an amazing press conference? Is a better way to put it. Usually, what it is, and we, I think Peter Moore talked about this, and it's even when we talked about PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. Of like. We try to do something for everybody, which inevitably means that you're going to be, oh, mm-hmm. Pele, well, and that's me, you know what I mean? But then I'm excited about one of their games, right? Yeah. This is what Adam, I think, talked about on, with us about PlayStation, of like, mm-hmm. we wanted you to walk, everybody to walk away from PSX's conference excited about two or three things, yeah. which means that there's going to be a bunch you don't care about. No, that's and that's totally cool, and I get that, but nobody's excited about watching Madden press conferences, I I, mean, I really think. you I know, like, We know those things are coming, and the people that are interested, they'll go watch the trailers, they'll go watch whatever, like, literally at the press conference. Conference, instead of spending 20 minutes talking about all the sports games, it could be a t- one minute, two minute thing of here's our lineup. Here's key things that are being added to this year's whatever. Cool. Yeah. You know, and maybe mobile games. Same thing. Uh, yeah. Mobile games don't need to be touched. And I think that that would be my prediction with what they're doing here. Right. And what we're talking about because they're talking about that. It's what is it? Um, a three day event. Right. Then capped off by the Sunday press conference. Or am I putting them in uh, awkward yeah. order? You figure then what you get to do yeah. there is you get to come out and be like, Hey, you've had a great time playing Madden and FIFA, and they have a bunch of new features, and we've talked about those, and trailers are up, but let's talk about I want to talk to you today about five awesome titles. Here's the new Star Wars game. Here's yep. Mass Effect. Yep. Here's yeah. And Amy's that's Star Wars yeah. game, shit, you're right. That's yeah. probably going to... I mean, you actually start with Andromeda, and you end with Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. I Put it in the bank. It's just fascinating, like, the. it's just fascinating what they're telegraphing, though, with the way they just look at the landscape right now, and I think it, I think it goes beyond even... Um, you know, mainstream or like traditional games press. It goes to, even to YouTubers and even to Twitch streamers that I mentioned before in the sense that you don't need to get any of these people to get hands on. If like they want to do like a, if they want to like just do a trailer analysis or they're, they're going to, you know, let's play your games anyway. And they're going to do all these kinds of things. And it's like, is it, is it, I'm wondering if they're just seeing what Bethesda saw with fallout, which was like, is there any value to long lead times? Is there any value to even going hands on with the game before it comes out? Like, is there any, is there really any value to the preview cycle anymore? Um, apart from you know driving pre-sales, which seems to be kind of a waning thing as retail slowly dies, like I just think the whole the whole landscape is very unique and very interesting right now. And EA might be like a harbinger of of good things to come in terms of like a new way of looking at games and a new way of looking at uh, the industry. Um, but it is uh, it is a move for control as well, mm-hmm. um, which is good. It well, it depends on how you look at it. Like I don't know necessarily that it's good in the sense. I mean, it's their prerogative to control anything they want um, with their games before they come out, but. 
is it good? Is it good that like they want to avoid the snark? Is it good that they want to avoid the heat of E3? Is it good that they want to cut out the press? Is it good? Like, and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have an answer. Yes or no. I do think that what we hear from a lot of our PR friends is that like they, the last two years or so have been looking far less at traditional games press and more at YouTube and Twitch. Um, and find that to be frankly way more important. It's way more Mm -hmm. important for PewDiePie to play. Um, your game than to have your game on GameSpot, for instance. Um, and I think any publisher would take that. Well, deal, it was right? a big like, change uh, last week. Yeah, last week, two weeks ago, when we was that Far Cry Primal event. And we walked in there, and we brought all our equipment to do, you know, Let's Play or whatever. But they had a laptop and a camera and a capture station at every station. Like, it was like, if, if you want to do it. And, like, they had so many YouTube people in there. And, like, when the embargo lifted, I put up our video. And the first thing I saw wasn't IGN, and it wasn't GameSpot. The yeah. first video I saw was Britt Bromrocker. She had taken out a GIF or whatever. And it was like, my tip for Far Cry Primal is don't shoot bears with fire arrows. And it was her shooting a bear with fire arrow. The bear catching yeah. on fire and then chasing her around. And, and I was I think- like, that's the first footage I've seen that's not my footage. And that's cool. And what I think is very awesome about that is it was one of the first times and Ubisoft gets it. You know, and we've seen this over and over where they've been super good to us because they see what we're doing and all that. But usually we go to these events and it's it is all our friends from traditional media and stuff. But this was the first time that I was like, huh, these are YouTubers and I don't know all of them. It's not like they're big. It's not like they're huge people. And I looked into some of them after it's like they're not even kind of big. Like we're talking. They're like some of them. No, but I mean, some of them had like. 10,000 subscribers. Sure, but I mean, like, um, they're like which, us in the way that they have an audience oh, that yeah, is like, and, and ride or die, what do you say cool. about this game? Yeah, That's yeah, what's yeah. cool about it, is it's like, they you don't need to be even that big, you don't even need to be where we're at, this weird kind of hybrid of, we're, we're bigger than nothing, but we're way smaller than something. something. <laughs> um, but it's cool to, like, they get it to the point of they're looking, they're actively looking of who wants to play Far Cry Primal. Yeah. You know, who wants to talk about it and stuff. And I think that that's cool. Yeah. And yeah, like, the other thing, too, is it's not like these people are just sitting there and they're not going to be yes men. They're not just going to be like, well, this is awesome. Like, we're sitting there. There's people around there were making fun of the game and, like, totally just going in on it and yeah. not being, like, professional in those. In we were too busy figuring out what Shale is. Yeah, and Kevin was busy unplugging everything. Yeah, I just think it's it's just fascinating to watch just the, and it can be another topic for another day, but just the the waning and waxing influences of different influencers and what that word means and how that means control is being shifted and maybe reined in or given more of to other people. And I think that there's just way more to read into the EA's decision here than just them not being at E3. Um, I think it's them saying like, we have to figure out a new way to go about our business and it's, and it has nothing to do with anything, but what we want to do. We don't have to please anybody anymore except for the people that play our games. Mm -hmm. Um, And word of mouth is so powerful and um, positivity with smaller groups of people is more positive uh, or more powerful than, um, being on a big website where the comments are wildly negative and the optics are bad. And I don't know. I, I just, I think that this was probably a thoughtful thing that they had to think long and hard about. And I think they did. Yep. Um, and cause it's not, a, it's not something to take lightly. It's also probably not something that pleased uh, their partners in the, in the industry either, like the ESA and stuff like that. So I'm sure that there was like, it wasn't an easy decision for them to make, but I'm interested to see how it works out if they come back next year, if it doesn't work out and then how their success or lack of success influences the other big publishers. Because if two or three more drop out, E3 is done. Like, like if two or three, if Activision and then Microsoft decide not to go to E3 anymore, like it's over. Yeah. Like it's it's just done. So, um, or Ubisoft and Sony or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it can't it can't survive without almost all the big players. Yeah. What do you think about Nintendo, Colin? In terms of conference, I think they do. Uh, I, I my hope is that the rumors are that they will announce it and then do a conference later. I think that's a mistake. I think that's stupid, but that's probably what they will do. 
Um, I think that they can get the biggest bang for their buck if they just don't say anything at all. Just say to come to this press conference. No one knows what the fuck's going on. No one knows what the console's called. No one knows what it is. No one knows the nature of the games. They have a two-hour meaty press conference. It's all about NX. They don't talk about Wii U. They don't talk about 3DS at all. Even, I get chills just hearing you say this. They I don't, love this. They don't, acknowledge, they, don't, they don't acknowledge the consoles, the, the Wii U or 3DS at all. They're just thrown away. Not literally, but just being like, this not about what we're, we're, you know, we continue to release some 3DS games and Wii U games, but that's not what we're about anymore. Um, here's the plan. Here's what the console's called. Here's what it looks like. Um, here are the games. Here's the release date. Here's the price. Here's the idea. Here's the app that will go on PS4 and Xbox One. Here's the like. Here's how it all works. Here's how it all works together. They can make that would be one of the biggest explosions um, at E3 ever. And and whether or not it works out for them when it comes out to market is a different story entirely. Mm-hmm. But if they want to make a splash, be at E3, be there in the flesh. Do not do a Nintendo Direct. Do not rehearse this. You know, re- or you have to rehearse, but don't don't edit and make this nice clean thing like they usually do that's not what this is about you have to be a different nintendo that nintendo might be very intimate and very fun for a lot of people but that nintendo hasn't been very successful so you can't keep like imagine during the the sony press conference there's a roll oh, clip yeah. and it's a nintendo direct <laughs> that just starts be wild. i mean, I'd I, be mean wild. I, I would think of yeah and like please welcome to the stage reg in like they've put up red in the nintendo logo that would be like people would lose their yeah. fucking mind you know uh, what i mean Oh, man. And even give, and that would be the thing of like you know, let's say Sony as usual closes out Monday, and Nintendo's going to start Tuesday, right mm-hmm. before the show opens. Have Reggie come out and be like, "Hey, you know, I'm here, we're you know talking about this NX app, but well, this is only part of what the NX is. We'll tell you all about it tomorrow during you know that'd be awesome. You know yeah. what I mean? And that'd be it, like to your point, that'd be awesome if they partnered with one person. Or yeah, one and, group, and, I, and I know that it's a, a somewhat common theme, but and a lot of people think not a lot of people, but the, one of the theories about what NX means is an end cross, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crossover. Like, yeah, like what is it? Street you know, Fighter crossover. So like, yeah, so like what is it? Could it, could they just like could it just be like you picture a logo of just NX and then and it moves over and it's NX PlayStation yeah. or NX Xbox or something like that or whatever you know like yeah um, NX Neo Geo oh yeah it's back NX Sega <laughs> so there's like it's exciting it is yeah, exciting it is, because exciting. the unknown sure the unknown is exciting about the director conference though like I I don't know. I'm not sure that they're going to have a conference because just knowing them, I'm either way I'm in like, I really don't care. And I, I don't think there is that big of a difference, whether it's a director or a conference, but either way, I'm fucking sold. I want them to have a conference just because I want to be there. Yeah. But. It's been a long time since that, you know, since space world really that they, they, mm. which is old now that the and space world used to be so fun to like read yeah. about back in the oh day. Oh my God. Cause we never had a chance of actually going, but where they really like treated themselves like they were big again. Like, you know, like where like they, they need to, it's not a fake until you make it thing because Nintendo is the the OG really with Atari and Coleco basically like and really the most important of that group. But to just be like we are we are Nintendo and like we we can do whatever we want and we're going to and we're going to do it this way and 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 to treat it like bigger than just sitting at, at Nintendo HQ and and these nice tightly edited videos are just boring. But I mean that it's is just fucking the, that's boring. That's exactly what you just said though. That is them doing what they want and just being like we're fucking Nintendo. That's that is them doing what they want. That's them talking to their people and if they want to talk to their people then they might as well not even bother. They have to talk to everyone. They have to they have to figure out a new way. Um it is fun. The Nintendo directs are funny and they're interesting but like during the heyday of Wii and during the heyday of DS those didn't exist and that was their most successful period. So it's not like, you know, clearly Nintendo fans are loud and, and just like any fans of anything really and they're boisterous and they think that, you know, Nintendo can do no wrong in a lot of different ways. But Nintendo's done a lot of wrong and they need to they need to write the ship because that 18 billion dollar war chest is going to turn into zero. And if they don't if they don't start really like making money and figuring it out over the long term and, you know, 
they'll they'll be fine. At the very least, they have valuable IP and they can they can do whatever they want with those mm-hmm. games if this fails. Which I think and I think this is their last chance to really figure it out. The topic was brought to you by Squarespace. Building a website can be tough, and even if you do know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website with, Squarespace also has a state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust in Squarespace for your website needs when millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world trust in them too. Nick originally made kindoffunny.com and Squarespace, and that was a big, beautiful website. And Nick's stupid, so if he and can Nick do it, anybody stupid. can do yeah. it. Seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace gives you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website, so what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the code KINDAFUNNY to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Kind of Funny Games. We thank Squarespace for their support of Kind of Funny Games. Squarespace, you should. Build it beautiful. Yeah. Topic three. This is a this is a selfish topic. Pokemon is having its twentieth birthday. I'm super excited. How excited are you guys? Very not much. not excited, especially I'm, because, I'm especially happy it's, for not, you. it's not the twentieth anniversary when it was relevant to us either. Because when I when I first saw that, I was like, yeah, it's not been twenty years, really. You know, not for us. Not yeah. For so, Gem in Japan, Pokemon Green, and stuff like that. Yeah, whatever though. I mean, so ninety eight was is like the real. Yeah, that's birth of it to me at least. Yeah, that was. Um, but you know, fuck it, I'll celebrate twenty years. It's it's funny. I recorded a video yesterday where I was talking about my Pokemon memories, which you should too, using hashtag Pokemon twenty. And uh, I was talking about it. And I was like, yeah, it's crazy. It's been alive in twenty years. Then I was I'm twenty six now. And then so I was six. I was like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. When did you I, first I hear about Pokemon? Then I was eight. Okay. Yeah, ninety eight yeah. is when it came out here. The Pokemon is um, was awesome. I have a, I have a lot of memories of Pokemon. I was really really obsessed with it. Uh, when I was in high school um, for periods of time, uh, 98, 99, uh, Game Boy Pocket. Um, and uh, I remember sitting with my friend Cody, who's a buddy of mine from Long Island, and we had the link cable, and we used to just play all the time. We used to fucking hammer him. I remember I used to just like destroy you him. You suck, Cody. Um, but we used to just sit at his kitchen table like all day mm-hmm. and just grind and play and order food and go to the supermarket and just get food and go through our batteries that we would go through constantly because you know of course for all the young listeners out there we didn't have to rechargeable batteries on those con- on it wasn't until um clamshell gba that we even had a, re- a game boy that which is could, crazy that could, to that think about plug in, so crazy which to was think 2003 about. so um which i got a pokemon game with that's when it came out ruby when uh, ruby and sapphire came out so um and i had ruby mm-hmm. and uh so pokemon is important like Final Fantasy 7 is important in that it introduced a lot of people to uh, role-playing games but unlike Final Fantasy 7 it's really like baby's first role-playing game and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way it's a it's a much more accessible way to enter into the world of statistical video games um, than Final Fantasy 7 was even though Final Fantasy 7 is very stripped down compared to 6 and 5 and 4 um, so Pokemon is really important Pokemon's up there with Doom and and Mario and you know whatever in terms of like the, the pantheon of like very influential and very important games, and obviously the, the sales play it out. It is also a series that had need, is in desperate need of new ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped playing it after Diamond, I think. No, yeah. it's got to be after that. No, right? D- Diamond. There's only been one generation after that. Yeah. Okay. So that's the last one I played, yeah. and because it, it's just it, it literally is the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. It's it's not. There's literally oh, nothing. Fuck, no, I'm totally wrong. What am I talking about? 
There was black and white after that, and then X and Y. Yeah, it was black, black and, and white, black and white two, and then X I and didn't y. play those. So Diamond was the last one I played, um, well, which was I think 2009 or so, probably 2010. So you missed it out because they the new everyone since then did at least shift into more of a 3D. Yeah, it's still the same thing. It's the but, same game. Like, and I don't know what you're supposed to do, like mm-hmm. to make it different. That's why it's not my series. I'm not a game creator. Um, but that's the one. It's stale. It's super stale to me now. But I think that I'm in the minority, and I also think that a lot of people that like Pokemon now didn't play it in 1998 or 1999 mm-hmm. or 2000 or 2001 or 2002. So they'll come around and be tired of it, just like I was by 2010 as well. I think. And there's going to be another group of people playing it for the first time, and I think that's kind of the weird secret of Pokemon. Because I mean, obviously, I'm such a huge fan of the the whole franchise, but I am very much an a fan of the older ones and like I'm not a purist in the sense of like I won't even play the new ones but it's like they don't have that same magic and it is just the same thing and it is fun every couple of years to play it again and like have a slightly new um, adventure and just be like all right cool like that is why I love Pokemon you get addicted to it but it's I would love to see them actually make any make some huge changes but at the same time people are scared to change and that's what the spinoffs are for and I think Pokemon has had so many spinoffs that have had some great games Pokemon snap yeah and oh, definitely where and, is know, another snap all these other things, they're just they're great, and nothing touches the core games, though. And I think that we've had a couple console RPG Pokemon games, but they were never quite the same thing. It's not what we wanted, but that's an example of them doing something different. So like Pokemon uh, Coliseum and Pokemon, Pokemon the, Coliseum, that's right. the X, XD Gale of Darkness or whatever, the GameCube games, like those were RPGs. They were really light and whatever, but like they were different adventures where you weren't just doing the go to eight badges and do all that stuff, but... I don't know. Then again, I'm not a game creator either, so I don't know what I want, but they can just keep doing this forever. It's it's funny to me that what I want the most is just another remake of Red and Blue. Like, I want that on a, a console and just, just do it. Just go all out, but it's like, why do I want that? Yeah, it, it's also easy for me to say that I want them to change it for something I'm not super um, invested in anymore because when they changed Dragon Quest, for instance, um, with ten, I was furious. So it's <laughs> so it's it, and so all of us were. Mm. Um, so and and Dragon Quest is a series similar to Pokemon that's changed very little. Um, because I don't feel like it needs to change, mm-hmm. so it it is easy for me to it is easy for me to like sit here and be like, well, Pokemon needs to change, whatever. But I just don't think it's it's deep enough for it to not change. It's 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 um it is a very rudimentary RPG. It is like one of the simplest RPGs there is. It's just really fun. The hook of collecting things reaches so deep into our psyche as gamers. I think because we like to collect things. I think as gamers, mm-hmm. we like collectibles. We like Check Intel. Boxes. We like. Yeah, we like to just find things and and we like to collect games and put them on our shelves and we like collectible card games and we like fucking I mean, all these things and I think that it just, it just it just resonated with us. And I think that, you know, specifically the people around my age, that hit at the perfect time. Like if you didn't like Pokemon, there was something wrong with you. Like that was it took over and I think it was so Pokemon's so much more than just a video game to me because as soon as it came out, there was a cartoon and then there was a card game like all within a matter of a year like it all happens so fast and then all of a sudden there's spinoffs and there's this and then there's pokemon pinball and there's like all these things that you're like it's just consuming your life and there's movies and stuff and uh for me pokemon was so integral in my friendships and just meeting people and what all of my relationships with people in my class meant it's like I had one friend that I watched the show with and I remember when the movie came out and we went to go see it and like we lost our fucking minds seeing new Pokemon. It's like there's more than 150. That fucking thing, the blue thing that we thought was named Pika Blue is actually named Meryl. Like this is nuts. Like this is fucking nuts. I can't handle this. And it's like those moments happened so much. They happened every week when I'd go and buy a fucking booster pack and open it up and see which card I got. And like my friend got the fucking holographic Mewtwo and I'm stuck with 
the Pokemon breeder as my rare card. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. But then the next week I get Blastoise and like they figured out to make this crack for kids to get money out of every single way that they could, whether it's the, the movies or buying the TV shows, VHSs or buying the comics or buying the cards or buying the games or buying the strategy guides, all the stuff. I bought it all. <laughs> you know, it's like they they really got the hooks in. And I think that that's why it's the same is because all those things fed into each other. And it's like, if, well, if you play the game, you're going to like the show, because if you like the show, you're going to play the game. And if you play, you know what I mean? It all just it's a cycle. And the show just keeps going. Ash is still 10 years old in the goddamn show, but he's done so much. And all it is is the same thing over and over and over. But it's new kids watching it. And it's a whole new group of uh, Pokemon and shit. I am most impressed by the fact that it's been going on this long and we look at it and we're like, oh, it's the same thing over and over. And honestly, it's at the point now where I didn't even play um, Ruby and Sapphire's remakes on the 3DS because I'm like, ah, I'm I'm away. You know, I, I can take a break for a little bit longer to, to get wait back for that into big it. MMO, that Pokemon MMO. That yeah, we'll see. But I mean, again, not even that. I don't even I'm not even talking about a big shift. Like maybe I'll wait till the next just gen comes out and then I'll get back into it. Um. But Pokemon's 20th anniversary, they're going all out without actually announcing anything big. And I think it's because of the NX. They're in that mm-hmm. weird holding period. But I am very impressed with how they're handling the anniversary because a lot of anniversaries are like, all right, hey, it's the year of Luigi or whatever, you know, and it's just <laughs> nothing really happens. Or the year of the Osh. The, the year of the Osh, where it never even happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always every year in my heart. But with Pokemon, I mean, they're doing so much shit. They're. Um, on February 27th, which is the anniversary of when Pokemon first came out, they're going to re-release Red, Blue, and Yellow on 3DS, yeah. which I'm super excited about. They're updating. Playing? Oh, hell yes, I okay. am. They're updating that uh, so that you don't need the link cable and you can uh, just do it, wirelessly. do it wirelessly over Wi-Fi. What's crazy, you can battle over Wi-Fi. Like, what the fuck? That's an, I didn't realize they were adding that until I was like look, researching last night. Like, they're adding online multiplayer to a freaking Game Boy ROM. I'm impressed with that. That's really fucking cool. And then in Japan, they're doing the same thing, but they're also releasing green version because green came out in Japan, never came out here. And uh, they're actually getting box versions. Sons Fuck you, Japan. I want that shit. Japan that wins sounds again. awesome. And then they're doing the obvious normal anniversary thing where they're releasing 3DSs that are with the actual, like the, the new 3DS the with the shell, face plates. The shell, yeah, yeah. And there's one that comes with the original art from Red and Blue's box, which looks fucking cool. Japan has four different 2DSs that are colored based on the, the red, yellow, blue, green, and they have the games pre-installed on them. Um, in fucking nerdy news for me, Pokemon the first movie, Pokemon the Power of One, and uh, Pokemon Spell of the Unknown, the three movies, the first three movies, are being released on Blu-ray in a special-ass steelbook. So I'm like... You gonna get it? Oh, yeah. They're speaking to me. I mean, this, is, this is it. Like This is them being like, hey, Tim... Here you go. Here's the random shit that... Thanks, Pokemon. Yeah, Captain. and I'm like, yeah, you're so good. Um, they're also releasing... There's 18 Pokemon movies at this point, which is really crazy to Have think you seen about. Them all? No, no, no. God, no. I saw I saw the first three. That was it. Okay. Um, they're releasing those just digitally in HD. Um, they're doing a whole new Pokemon trading card game, like expansion called Generations, that focuses on more of the old school ones that we grew up with. There's also a mythical... Pokemon collection, so it's all the the fancy ones like Mew and Celebi and all that shit. And they're also doing a mythical Pokemon distribution event where throughout the year, one a month, they're releasing all these legendary Pokemon where you can go to different places like just the Nintendo Network or uh, GameStop and you know Best Buy and stuff like that where 
you can download these Pokemon that were only available at specific times throughout the last 20 years. Gotcha. Um, so that's cool. I mean, like people people that get super into the metagame of Pokemon and all that stuff, which I was never on that level. But like this is huge for them. And then there was that Super Bowl commercial. Which did you guys see it? No, I didn't I watch, watch it. it. Um, I was waiting for the Super Bowl. They're going to do an edited version on the Super Bowl. Like I think that the one on the line now is like a minute long. The other one's probably just going to be like 15 or 30. Okay. It was awesome. Like Kevin saw it. You like it, Kevin? Yep. Yeah, Kevin liked it. Kevin liked it. You're better than Kevin. You're saying you don't like it out there? I was really impressed because it was a different direction than I thought they would what take is it? a What's, Super Bowl is commercial. It? What is it? Uh, so pretty much... The, should, I, should I watch it right now? Uh, not right now. Okay. But, but uh, after the show, you should definitely check it out. It's cool. It's just, it's very, it's a hype thing. And it's the, the theme of the 20th anniversary is train on. So they're kind of taking that and they adapted it. You see like some little kid running and like training to run. You see some girl playing chess and it just keeps going on and some guy playing football and it's very subtly Pokemon, like very subtly. Like if you look in the background, I'm going to see little things cut out the me watching it. We watch it together and then we jump ahead the minute. I don't want to watch it. I want to see garbage. You can watch it later. I'm not cutting it out. You're yeah, not going to cut it out. I want Greg to live watch it. I'll uh, I'll say this too about Pokemon that can't be over. You know, it really can't be overstated is that it really reinvigorated the Game Boy. Game Boy was was old by the time mm. by the time it came out, yes. and no one was playing. Like I'm not saying no one was playing, but the, the Game Boy was in a lull at that point, mm-hmm. uh, pretty significant lull. Um, and Pokemon, like by the time we got Pokemon, Game Boy was nine years old. Yeah, and it's pretty significant that its biggest game came out that late in its cycle and let it live and gave us the pocket and the color and all this kind of stuff to kind yeah. of like Pokemon's why I got a Game Boy. Oh yeah, I had a Game Boy long before that, but um, I mean, I was young then. Like, that's you know, that was the thing is I, I had no loved Game Boy. I loved but, Game Boy, but Pokemon, great. I had to have it. You know, I really did. Like everyone else had it, and like, I got it late because I was poor. But eventually, I got, I did get it, and it was great, and that's why I got stuck with Bulbasaur as my first fucking starting Pokemon because my friends already got Charmander and Squirtle, so I had to trade with them. Right. So I got fucking stuck with Bulbasaur. I think I got my Game Boy in 1993. Oh 1992, maybe. I got it I at Bradley's three. in New Hampshire. Huh? That was the only one that was available then, yeah. And it was $99.99, I remember. And uh, I got crazy. Mega Man 4 with it, if I remember correctly. It was awesome. No. No. There's a lot of bleed on those. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyways, um, there's a lot. I, I love pokemon so much you guys know that and i i'm excited for this year i'm a little bummed that there's not a game to come with the the 20th anniversary yeah, it's like what but, happened with Mega Man too where yeah. it's like there's not they're clearly not ready yeah um yeah I, it's it's disappointing but it's but i also really feel like it's important this is an important milestone in japan but i still and i understand like we celebrate we celebrated the uh mm-hmm. 20th anniversary of playstation in 1994 even though we didn't get playstation until september 1995 here so it is based on when it originally came out and i totally respect that understand that but it just yeah. it'll resonate with me more in uh 1998 yeah, really but I also years, think that I'll feel though, really fucking old as well. They're celebrating throughout the year, and they have things planned throughout the year, so I don't think it's too late for them to announce something later, like at E3, like for the NX or whatever. That'd be so. nice. It could be a launch game. Yeah. If it comes out this year. What do you think? It's fine. I love it. I, well, it's because it's aimed at you. Yeah. It's totally, but the, the football player walking out is like, yeah, like yeah, no one like, ever no was. was. That was Hell fun. yeah. But ah. I, just, I was like, all right. Oh, man. I'm, so what? I, I, we all inspire each other? Is that the pirate yeah. where Pokemon inspires us all to be? Not even Pokemon, actually. It turns out that... 
some kid watching a, a cockfight in the road or whatever the hell was happening. Yeah. And then he's just like, I can do that. And he just runs up a mountain. I don't know what the yeah. hell's going on. No, nah, man. I, I like it a lot. I just think it was a different direction. I wasn't expecting that very, very different direction from Nintendo. I liked the the commercial for the um, the the uh, iPhone game or whatever that came out that when they were walking around and they were doing the pings and stuff. That was a more oh, interesting. Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, more yeah, interesting yeah. So I mean, that's the other thing. Now we have the list of games. I mean, this year we got uh, the Pokemon Tournament coming out March 18th on Wii U. I'm super excited for that. Pokemon Go, still saying sometime 2016, like on the 20th anniversary trailer they put out, it did say Pokemon Go 2016. So that's really exciting to me. Uh, Pokemon Picross came out last month, and people seem to enjoy it. I was never a Picross guy, so I didn't play it. And then the most important, Great Detective Pikachu, the birth Mm. of a new duo, comes next week to Japan. No news of a U.S. release, but we can only hope. Because that shit looks awesome. He's named, the guy, he's, his partner's name Tim, partner right? named Tim. The new duo? It's Tim and Detective Pikachu. What the fuck is that game, Colin? I don't know. And I don't really care either. When I, the second I saw that image of Pikachu wearing a, his little Sherlock Holmes hat, I'm like, ah, I can't. That looks cute. It was I the best. I Did you watch the trailer? No. no. You I need can't. to watch the trailer. I can't. He talks, Colin. He has a deep voice. He speaks <laughs> Japanese. Like he's speaking. And then he walks up to another Pikachu. And the other Pikachu, he's like, <laughs> he, He's fucking talking. It's great. It's fucking great. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can. I can't hard. Anyways, I'm really excited. I love Pokemon. I hope Good, I'm glad. Cool I hope you have a great I'm, year. I'm very excited for the re-releases of, um, of Pokemon coming to Virtual Console. Like, like, I never thought that would happen. Because Nintendo cool. is so, like, that's one of their Disney vault things. Yeah. Just like, Pokemon is very generational and like they stick to it but they're doing it they're finally doing it hopefully this means we'll get gold and silver and crystal my favorite ones but it's gonna be nice replaying the original pokemon game i haven't done that in a long time um i hope that they keep all the glitches because that's what made that generation so special but now they're updating shit i don't know if missing knows if missing knows gone i'm fucking out <laughs> tell me brother topic four this one as always brought to you by the kind of funny forums go to kind of funny.com slash forums you can go to kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic to leave your topic for this big, beautiful show, just like Ilian did. Nope, that's the wrong question. Ilian Gonzalez. That's exactly what I was thinking. Right. Yusef Majuid says, Dear Kind of Funny crew, for me, the original PS2 launch game Summoner was an amazing game. While I had always played games before, this was the first game I lost myself in. After beating Summoner, I realized that gaming was more than just a passing fancy. There was that there was never and that there was no going back. That I was a gamer now. What's the game that made you a gamer? Thanks, Yusef. So this is a different question than what's the first game you ever played. Right, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I always go, I mean, it's a tired story for me, but I was talking about Metal Gear on PlayStation, right? And the fact that, like, the story goes that I had it in 64, and I had consoles before then, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I remember running into a friend from junior high when we went to a homecoming dance in high school, and he's like, are you still into video games? I'm like, yeah, but I'm thinking about maybe, I'm thinking I won't be forever. Because, like, mm-hmm. this is all it is. This cartoony stuff. You know, like, Mario's great. Don't get me wrong. And I'm excited for this game. Conquerors for Bedford and all these different things. But it's, like, it's still in that point where I felt like we were, I was butting up against this wall of, like, the, the, are these still kids things? Is this a kid toy? Is this, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're trying to find yourself and decide what you, what you enjoy and stuff like that. And then got the PlayStation 1 uh, when the 64 was about to go down. And then, you know, one day rented Army and Sarge's Heroes and Metal Gear Solid. And I remember mm. being like, oh, man, yeah, right. EGM was always talking about this game. Went home and put in Army Men with Poe. And I was like, this game sucks. Let's try the Metal Gear one. And that was the one where it was like, you start it and there's like the cut scene and the credits and you're, sw- you know, snakes swimming underwater. You're like, what the fuck is this? And then just like we marathoned that game. You know what I mean? Like got to the second disc and it was just like, 
holy shit, this, and I was talking about it, like, I didn't know it at the time, I couldn't put it into words, but that was, like, the glimpse of, like, this is what games will be or can be, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm in this for the rest of my life. Um, I think games that, you know, because I played so many side-scrollers when I was a kid that, um, games that bucked that trend were the ones that showed me that games can be more immersive and bigger than that. I think Castlevania 2 is probably, like, one of the great examples, even though it is a side-scroller, it's, it's, a, it's a non-linear role-playing game. Um, and it's got items and experience points and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't really, it doesn't really explain anything. So there's bad translation and all this kind of stuff. And you really need help to get through the game. And, and it's, uh, it was, it was one of those games that I played where I was like, this is a, a very special and unique kind of way to go, even though I love the original Castlevania. And I, I think that that formula is really, really solid. And they went back to that formula with Castlevania three, but, um, Castlevania 2 is that example, and I think Final Fantasy 4 is a, or 2 when I played it um, in the States is was uh, a, a riff on games that I'd seen before. I'd played Final Fantasy and I'd played Dragon Quest and stuff like that, and I'd seen those games being played as a very young kid, um, Dragon Warriors we, as we knew it. And uh, But Final Fantasy 4 was the first one, or 2 was the first one where um, I played with Dagon, uh, my brother, and and it was like, I was like, this is insane. Like I, 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 as a seven year old, when we bought it, I was like, this is an insane game. I, I don't understand this game. I don't get how this works. How, how is it so long? And how is it, how is it so deep and nonlinear? And, and what are these characters? And there's just so many permutations of equipment and you just do whatever you want. And, um, that was probably one of the, that was the game that made me love role playing games even more than dragon quest. Because when I played dragon warrior, the, people might remember dragon warrior games came with, uh, um, a lot of inserts, like uh, and you would like unwrap like unroll these huge maps and they'd have like images of all the enemies and like you just knew everything about the game and I was obsessed more with that than I was with the games um, but with Final Fantasy 4 it seems like they immersed me and put all that stuff into the game itself so that I can feel like I'm in this one cohesive world um, and it made me love that genre and then you you kind of expand out there Super Nintendo was such a great formidable fucking console for that for that genre that not as good as PS1 I don't think but but certainly had its its great games where you're talking about Secret of Mana and Secret of Evermore and and Lufia and um you know obviously Final Fantasy Six and Chrono Trigger and I mean there's 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 a lot of those kinds of games on there that that it scratched its similar itch even better than Final Fantasy Two does but I think that that was the one mm-hmm. um so I, I I'd point to Castlevania Two I'd point to Dragon Warrior games and I'd point to to uh, Final Fantasy Two slash Four I have a really weird answer but I got to go with Paperboy. No, that's not a weird answer. Because I, I think that that game, you know, I played the Mario games before then, and they were amazing and stuff, and I loved them. I enjoyed them a lot. But there's something about Paperboy that because it is just one of those arcadey, like, brutal, get as far as you can get, and like, yeah, and, and it gets really hard. And it was just so quirky and weird. And like the fact that there's like the baby running across the street, and like there's all these like little characters and all these hazards and things that happen. And then it just more and more happens. You get to Tuesday, and then the Grim Reaper comes out. Yeah. And like, it's like, what the fuck is this? And I think the moment I became a gamer is when we started coming up with background stories for these characters. Sure. We started thinking about like why that kid was running across the street, who was driving the red car, why Grim Reaper was coming. Like we were trying to rationalize all of it and like why people would unsubscribe from us and like, like fuck these guys, we're going to break their windows. And we created metagames within the game of, all right, not only do you need to give the good people mailboxes, you also need to break the windows of the bad people and doing all that. And that was the moment when we took the game that they gave us and Made your own. Made our own game from it. I think that's the moment that I was like, this is my life, and I love it a lot. Question two comes from the Arctic Sloth. We know him. Frank hey, Sizemore. And other beautiful bastards at the table. How have video games affected your real-world problem-solving skills? I don't know. I'm not sure that they have, to be honest. I mean, game logic is totally different than real-world logic, mostly. Mm-hmm. In my experience... Um, 
I mean, game logic's its own thing. Yeah, but so I, you saying that sparks something with me is like I'm a schemey bastard. I'm always trying to like game the system, and I think video games are about gaming the system. You know, it's like when you're grinding an RPG, you want to find when you notice that there's a place you get more experience points, you stay there. You know, and it's things like that where if you translate that to real life, I think I do that a lot. Where I'm like, you when I see things. the opportunities, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna to latch onto this and kind of figure out like what's the best way to optimize what I'm doing here. And did video games teach me that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe more of a don't give up attitude. I guess you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like I feel like games, you're like there's got to there's a way to beat this. You know, I haven't figured out yet, but there's a way to beat this. I feel like maybe that's something you do there, but it's not like I think super easy to be like, well. I think adventure games taught me that I should always go up to doorknobs and try to touch them with the banana to see, you know, because adventure um, games are dumb. They are. I the old adventure know, games are really dumb, Kev. This is an interesting question Sorry, that I, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Icy Flames 96 says, hey, Tim, Colin and Greg, is it possible that the Ratchet and Clank reimagining might be in some danger because of its release window? First off at PSX on April 12th, release date for the game was announced, which is the same day Dark Souls 3 comes out. Also, Uncharted 4 was pushed back to April 26, which is two weeks after Ratchet and Clank releases. These two factors will definitely hurt its sales to some extent, but how significant do you think it will be? Keep up the great work. I don't think expectations were high for that Ratchet and Clank remaster or whatever, Mm -hmm. re-release, reboot, re-whatever. And I think they're aiming at different audiences. I don't think you have to worry about Dark Souls people. Like, well, I was going to pick up Ratchet and Clank, but Dark Souls is that. You know what I mean? Sure, don't get me wrong. There's some of you out there who just said that. But I think they're trying, I think the fact you're timing it with a movie, you're trying to get new, younger people into it, right? Mm -hmm. So are new, younger people afraid of Dark Souls? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm sure there's enough of a thing there. And it's also the same thing. Like, this, the super hardcore PlayStation fan is going to pick up both Ratchet and Uncharted and be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I don't know that it matters. I, I think I don't think the play with Ratchet is the Ratchet reboot is to sell a lot of copies to PlayStation owners as much as it's to be available for people that see the movie. Yep, you um, leave the and movie, hope you go that, again. I think their play is just that they hope Ratchet can live again. And so I think that the the play is like that doesn't matter when it comes out. It needs to just it just needs to resonate with moviegoers. People that want to buy Ratchet are going to buy it, and the people that know about it are going to buy it too. And so I, I'm not so sure that, yeah, to Greg's point, that I don't think expectations were especially high mm-hmm. for Ratchet as it was, or as it is. Rshaw8 says, hey guys, do you ever feel like you consume a game too quickly so you don't savor the experience? Whenever I find a game I'm really into, I'll play it nonstop until completed and then have no reason to continue playing. I feel like this might be lessening my experience and cause games to be forgotten all too soon. P.S. for Colin, this is also true when reading books for me. Oh. What about you? Uh, no, I, I'm with books sometimes, but with games, I, I actually play them pretty slow. Um, few hours at a time. I usually don't play games for more than a few hours at a time. It's just not not. I used to when mm-hmm. I was younger. I used to play games all day. Um, but I just don't want to do that anymore. So, um, so no. I think that sometimes I play them too slowly, and then something else, some other shiny object catches mm-hmm. my eye, and I yep. don't finish it. I mean, that happened to me a lot last year. So, um, there's something to be said about playing, game, getting them out of the way. I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. It's it's about you know d- developing the experience you kind of want to experience with that particular game. I feel it all the time, but I like it that way. Mm-hmm. I do. I do sit down there, and I'm very cognizant that. I'm sitting down and beating Uncharted in or a Last of Us or whatever in two nights or, you know, the story mode of Lego Marvel Avengers. I, you know, I, I, I sat there all Saturday and played, right? Because that's how I like to play games and stuff. And it does dawn on me at some point of like, man, I just tore through that level or this, that or the other. And, you know, I got all the collectibles or whatever, but like someone's life was mm-hmm. fucking this environment and making it look as good as possible. And I tore right through it and didn't really sit down and take it all in and da 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 da. But to Colin's point is I feel like, I want to play as much as I, w- I, I want to be able to play whatever I want to play. And part of that is that I do get distracted and it does move on. And even right yeah. now, like this week's been too busy to play. I'm going to platinum Lego, right? But it's been too busy to play Lego. <laughs> so it's like Saturday, I'm going to sit down and go, 
balls deep in Lego again just to get it done so I can get to the witness before I get to Firewatch, before I get distracted. I like Charlie Gravity, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so many things that pile up and get there that it's like, that's how I like to consume it. But I do think every so often of like, man, I wonder if it at a different pace. But the problem is then I feel like I, it's like binge watching shows. You know what I mean? Like when, when I, when uh, Arrow first started, I watched one episode of like, this isn't for me. And then season two was amazing. Everybody was saying, and they were all available right on demand and sat there and plowed through season one and then bought all the rest. And now that you do the same thing with like Jessica Jones, where Jessica Jones, four episodes in, I was like, Nick, this is, I don't like this. He's like, stick with it. And then it was like, watch two more. Holy crap. Let's watch five more this night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy getting a story that way. Otherwise I jump back. Like how many times do I jump back into games that I've taken breaks from? Like, wait, what's happening? And who's happening? How do I play yeah. this? And what's in you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely do not play games like I used to because back then I didn't have too many. So I was like, this is my game for the next three months or whatever. And I would make up stupid paperboy stories and shit. Yeah. But like you really would read every sign, talk to every non-playable character, do all that stuff. Now it's more like, all right, let's just keep going. Let's just like, you know, not worry about it. Even platformers. I love platformers so much for their like artistic design and like the music and the sound effects and all the little, little tiny things. The nuances. I don't know. Notice them too much. It's when a game makes me stop and slow down that I'm like, oh shit. Um, Metal Gear Solid comes to mind where the difference between how I play Metal Gear Solid 5 and how I played Metal Gear Solid 4. With 5, I'm just like, I just want to keep going. There's so much to do. I just want to keep going. Sure. Just keep going. Whereas with 4, I was so, as a fan, as a fanboy of Metal Gear Solid, I was like, I love this. I don't want it to end. And I knew it was going to. I knew yeah. that the story was going to be told. So I like had to pace myself. I'm like, I'm limiting it to one act a night. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot play more than that or else I'm just going to be done and it's going to be over sure so i think there's some a lot games of use it to their advantage you know what i mean back to the last of us example right like that was a tear of i'm playing and i'm i want to consume this i love it so much and then they force you to slow down right mm. with the giraffe scene yeah and like i remember you know i tell the story too where it's like all right i think it's about to end so i'm gonna go out and walk portillo and when i did reflecting on that scene like tears come to my eyes of like how much we had just been through and then it gives you that moment of like now you're supposed to think and mm -hmm. you're supposed to reflect and you're supposed to take it all in yeah Final question for the day. Visage says, do you think Let's Plays hurt game sales? Many people began using Let's Plays as an alternative to buying and playing games, especially with smaller titles. Do you think this is harmful for the industry as a whole, or the, do, does the additional advertising of Let's Plays help increase the game sales? I think it's great. I think it's the exact opposite of a problem. I mm -hmm. think that we've seen, I think the people are like, well, I can watch this game. I'm not going to buy it. You probably weren't going to buy it to begin with. Yeah. You probably weren't on the, you know, and I, how many times have we seen it go the other way where, you know, I did the That Dragon Cancer Let's Play, right? And I said at the beginning, like, this is very narrative-driven, and, like, Emily is away. This is another good mm -hmm. example, right? We're going to play through this, and, like, if you like this, go buy it. You know what I mean? You've watched us play this thing. If you don't think you're in it, so many people tweeted me that they went and bought yep. that game, and they don't have a gaming PC, and this, that, the other. Like, that's the way to do it, right? If you, there's, you're going to have a, a game spoiled on that level, then, mm -hmm. yeah. But, I, I, yeah, Let's Plays are always about at least from what people tell us and what the few that I watch, like, you know, cause I want to watch them. It's about personality, right? I want to see that person. I want to see their reaction. I want to know what mm -hmm. they're thinking about it. It's not, man, I really want to see how this game goes. You know what I mean? If that's the case and it's a game, I didn't really want to play. I just wanted to yeah. see that scene. Every and then you're either sold or not based on the yeah. let's play. I, for me, you guys are used to this, but I'm still new to the scene of all this, but I am shocked at how many people have tweeted at me saying they bought amplitude because oh, of sure. the let's play we did. And so many people were like, I don't, I even watch your let's play. I don't really know what's going on, but like, I see that you're good at it. And if you're good at it, that means that you put thought into it. Cause you don't really play too many games or whatever. I'm like, I love how much thought the the people put into it because they they are they're coming for us, you yeah. know. And seeing something that we enjoy, they're like, "Oh shit, I might enjoy that too." Right. So that's I really mean, I, cool. I think, and I don't know, there's no numbers behind it, but like the like 
Dan and Patrick's Mario Maker rivalry sold Mario Maker for mm-hmm. sure to so many people and showed the longevity and how crazy you could get with that. You know what I mean? And again, that even if you don't want to make those levels, you can go play. That's got to be the biggest thing, right? Yeah. You can go play Dan Reichert's level. Yep. Can you beat the, mm-hmm. the, the Danocalypse or whatever the hell it was called? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, man, it's great. No, I, I, I don't agree that it's bad. I think, I mean, there are some games that it could hurt with Until Dawn, for instance, or something like that, a game like that, where it's very narrative-driven. You don't necessarily need to or want to play, and you just want to watch it. But I don't think... I think that there's a net net gain on almost every game with, yeah. with, with Let's Plays, unless the game sucks. I mean, even with Until Dawn, I, my thing is, you know, I played it with Nick for, up, I'd say, maybe 85% of the game, and then I fell asleep. So, because uh, it was the 24-hour live stream. Extra life, what up? <laughs> it was like five in the morning but um then i watched the rest on youtube and like that was fine for me I'm like, i got the experience of whatever that's the type of game but having said that i totally want to buy the game for parties and stuff because it's think like that's... such a cool party game and like even though i'm like oh, i'm just watching this it's great to have because it's like until dawn's one of those games where it's like whether you watch it or not you want other people to experience it yep. it's like a good youtube video it's totally it's like you want to a, take credit for that's got to be one of the best examples you'd think right of like when i beat until dawn like i want to see other people play it so if i don't have that readily available i want to do that and we've seen so many people tweet that yeah they saw it and they were scared they thought it was gonna be super scary they see it's not now they want to go play it with their friends and show it yep. to other people this episode brought to you by loot crate loot crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear for less than 20 dollars a month you get 48 items that include licensed gear apparel collectibles unique one-of-a-kind items and more make sure to head to lootcrate.com slash kf games and enter code kf games to save three dollars on any new subscription loot crates more than just a subscription service it's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate and they guarantee forty dollars in value in every crate sometimes it's a lot more every month there's a different theme and all items are curated around that theme for february we've braved the dangers of that of alexandria and bribed some mercs with chimichamb my lord my mouth today is just rubber and filthy garbage all right we bring the dangers of alexandria and bribe some mercs with chimichangas to bring you the finest loot this side of the afterlife this month's theme is dead and reaches across genres to bring you exclusives including a t-shirt and two figures to celebrate new episodes of the walking dead and deadpool solo film debut remember you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate and when the cutoff happens that's it it's over, Jack. So go to lucrate.com slash kfgames and enter code kfgames to save $3 on your new subscription today. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. This has thank been you. fun. It has been. Kevin, thank you for not making too much noise this episode. The only unboxing records for some reason. That I love you all. Here, that board over there. You guys are amazing. I will see you soon. They're old. You're, you're cool. Bye. Oh, records. You can't break a record. <laughs>